everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Double Date with Dateline. Double date. Double trouble. This episode is big trouble. Because why? Because it's blood relatives again. We're back. We tricked you. Remember when we said we were going to go away and not do more blood relatives? Well, we got a resounding five people that said, I love blood relatives. Stick with it until you save Chad the intern. So we are going to stick with it, but we are going to pop out and do some other things. The reality is, folks, there just aren't that many shows on ID Network that are like this. No. That have this je ne sais quoi, mysterious stew, if you will, a hearty stew of Brenda Strong narration with a cheeky lilt to her voice, even though we're talking about despicable murders, reenactments, mm -hmm. themed colors, themed creatures, three themed creatures, an occasional hog out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to find an ID show that has all of that. If you guys can find one, send it to me. There's a lot out there. We'll we'll find some some things. I'm still looking. The problem is we've had some great shows. Secret Lives of Stepford Wives, one of my favorites. They took it off. Mm -hmm. It's not on the website anymore. Mm. So shows like that. Okay, we're going to keep looking. We'll definitely find some others. No, we're going to keep. If you guys can find some, please let us know because they have 800 shows on the Investigation Discovery website. Or just create a show. If you're a showrunner, know some writers. <laughs> just make a show. Actors, you have a budget to do a cable TV crime show with a lighter twist. We would be happily covering them. And if not, we're just going to start covering our favorite episodes of King of the Hill, Bob's Burgers, Below Deck. <laughs> Below Deck. Extreme cheapskates, anyone? Anyways, blood relatives. Okay, let's get down to the business. We are doing episode five. Or so no, we're not. We're doing season five, episode one, Rotten to the Core, very aptly named. Great job, blood relatives. Well done. Mm-hmm. This was not a swappy, it was mixed up title with another episode. This was meant for that. This was meant for this, except no one works with apples at all. No, they just, they, I don't know if they like had a, an affiliation to that orchard at the beginning or if it was just a family tradition. It's just a hobby of theirs. They're just, it's one thing that the family does and it might not be true. So we're going to say it's true. Okay. Right. So actually, they could have made this go for with any episode and just thrown in the family likes to go apple picking. OK, yeah, that works. A hundred percent. But right from the jump on this, we get a beetle. A cockroach? I, I, just a beetle, a hard shell, flat shelled beetle during the part where it says names have been changed to protect the innocent part. Did you notice that? Because I know you skipped that part. Yeah, I think these are no names have been changed and no one is innocent. That's how I roll. But you know what I mean. It was a joke. Yes. But did you see the beetle during that por portion? I don't know. Maybe. I'm forgetting. So it's just a surprise because it's before the episode even starts. It's during like the, the little pre, hey, mm -hmm. you know, this has been dr dramatized and the beetle's there. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. New season. Who dis? We're doing insects at the beginning. I like it. We got a beetle at the beginning. But why is it a beetle? Keep that in your head. Yeah. Whoa. We. Whoa. Yeah. Why is it not the one insect it should be? This episode's going to take us on a ride. I need everyone to buckle up. Don't spoil it. No spoilers yet. We're going to have some interesting things that happen in this episode that don't happen often. Okay. 
Brenda opens us up. There's a girl in a yellow. Sorry, Brenda doesn't open anything. Brenda's always there. She talks over everything. We see a girl. Yeah, again, this is Brenda Strong, not Brenda Song. Not Brenda Song from Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. There's a girl in her bedroom sitting at a vanity table. She's wearing a yellow bra and she's touching a gold cross necklace around her neck. Brenda says, a mirror may not always reflect the fairest of them all. What is she trying to say? She's saying that girl's not... I'm not sure because the girl's lovely. She She's saying that girl is an uggo? That's not nice. I think she's trying to basically nudge us that this girl may be a murderer, but I doubt it. So she gets up from her vanity table. She walks over to the bed, puts on like a sheer dressing robe, and then picks up a very long, shiny knife that also happens to be laying on her perfectly made bed. And the bedroom is all yellow, yellow bedspread, lots of yellow accents. She's in a yellow bra. I'm thinking probably this may be important. Boy, was I wrong. It is important. <laughs> kind of. She walks over to the vanity, puts the knife down, sits back down and opens up one of those really creepy old school jewelry boxes that you get when you're a little girl and it opens and the ballerina spins and it's that sort of haunting music that plays and immediately I'm like, oh, this is going to be the monster from Cabin in the Woods, which was my favorite monster in that movie. <laughs> That's why you think it's creepy. The one with the teeth in the circle. Yeah, that was the creepiest one to me. This is a totally normal, non-haunted jewelry box. I don't think it's creepy. Pretty sure that they're all haunted. You don't like <laughs> they've got the ballerina spinning. I'm pretty I'm just pretty sure. She's being forced by an evil giant to spin for eternity. And no matter how dizzy she gets, she can't sit down. Yeah. Or the ballerina itself is a demon. I, we'll find out. It's coming. It comes back. So while the ballerina twirls and the creepy music is playing, we hear in the background also what sounds like a mother and a father screaming at each other from another part of the house. Something about, I don't want your tramp. Like we're getting bits, but we, we get the point. The parents are fighting. And again, Brenda says, but if you listen closely, it just might tell you who is the deadliest referring to the mirror it's not bad the mirror is the deadliest no like who's looking in the mirror is the deadliest i think these are very mixed metaphors it's just words it's just try to be effective also they said tramp she said tramp the woman said tramp she goes you're tramp i heard tramp that's why i okay can remember it because i was like oh tramp so we're in the 1950s i think tramp is used if your husband's having an affair i think tramp or hussy is the word you would use are you hussy if you're not using the wh word like if you're in a show the writer's probably going to use i'm gonna do a twitter poll because no <laughs> hussy if you were trying not to use the wh word you gotta fill in a blank there right yeah i guess i don't know there, but why would you not use that if you're fighting with your husband you're saying on tv i don't know if they maybe they don't use that word in tv i'm saying in tv I was saying in this, but I don't know. I would say hoochie mama. I think that's about as low as a percent as hussy. Hoochie mama. And even lower than that is brazen hussy. I'm saying hussy is just very old. We are getting on semantics and we have to buckle through this. Go ahead. Keep going. Okay. So this takes place in Elkhorn, Nebraska. 
where people don't mind getting their hands dirty with mud or something even stickier. So we're getting a fake out now. We've got a big old tarp coming out of the back of a trunk of a car with what appears to be this giant puddle of blood on it. We've seen it before in Blood Relatives, and it is, of course, not going to be blood, but we're supposed to think it is. And we're told the Carson men love to fix up cars they buy at auction. And we see Father Brian and Son Ryan. That's not going to be confusing at all. (laughs) Brian, Dad, Ryan, Son. They're doing something awful in the trunk of this car because Dad Brian's shirt has blood on it. So I can only assume that when they bought this car at auction, it had a pile of dead animals inside. Right. I'm also taking another guess that our color is yellow at this point because we do get a flash on a family portrait and a lot of them are in yellow. Not all of them, but a lot of them are in yellow. Unfortunately, son Ryan's in green. Dad is not in. He's in a plaid shirt that had multiple colors. Mostly what I saw was the blood. So it's clever. We find out absolutely not blood. It is an actually an oil spill that was in the trunk. That blood red oil that comes out of your car when your car has been infested by a demon. Why the ballerina demon? Why is dad's shirt covered in blood then? What? Why is there oil coming from the trunk and why is it bright red? <laughs> blood relatives. I really don't get it. So immediately we get an interview with Brian's daughter from another marriage. So we're getting a member of the immediate family, which I appreciate for this because she's very candid. And she says that her dad, Brian, was a hardworking man. He's dedicated to his family and that he and Ryan are also thick as thieves. They apparently were getting along at this point. And then we shift to the Carson women. So dad and son love working on cars together. Buddies. Carson women. We've got mom, Teresa, and a 16-year-old daughter named Sarah. I'm going to ask you to remember that she's 16 because this is going to come into play a few times. Because we just saw her in her bra and underwear. Sure did. And I don't know how Ryan, how old Ryan is because I don't believe they tell us. I think he's 19. Unsure. Not sure. He looks about that age. He does. Does he? He looks 22. Which makes me think he's supposed to be 17. Sarah is all in yellow. And mom is in a red patterned dress. So that's fun. And they're walking through an apple orchard. They're they're there to pick apples and they have decided to wear dresses to do this. It's it's a choice. Sarah is described as an all-American teen. She likes to go shopping at the mall. We don't learn hardly anything about Sarah. Sarah is just a girl. Brenda tells us that this moment is not as idyllic as it appears because Sarah's grades have started to slip. She likes to be at the mall. She likes to be at the mall. She likes to shop. That is her personality. She's an all-American teen. She likes yellow and shopping. And Sarah doesn't want to discuss her grades with her mom in the apple orchard. So she walks over to a tree that has a, a skull and crossbones yellow sign that says, you know, warning pesticide. <laughs> I think that's just a sign of like, hey, this isn't good for you. Rinse off your food before you eat it. I don't even know where they got that sign. (laughs) Where'd you get that sign? Did they make it? Props. Why is it leaning against the tree? The base of the tree. They don't want most people to see it. And just that one tree had pesticide? Just the one? Yeah. I'm 
worried for those little birds. Well, yeah. So then the next thing we see is Sarah bends down near the tree to a little tiny nest on the ground with two little bird eggs in it. And you're like, wait a minute, did that bird nest fall out of that pesticide tree? It's that's literally on the ground near the side. Those are some mutant birds in those shells. The, it's not great. It's not good. Two-headed birds. And so there's a tense exchange between Sarah and her mom, Teresa, and the mom saying, you know, oh, no, 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 don't touch those. The mom won't come back. And Sarah looks at her mom and goes, well, maybe that's a good thing. Ouch. <gasps> Sassy. Burn. Sassy teen. You need some apple balm for that burn, mom. There we go. And so, of course, she keeps touching them. And then we get all of a sudden a flash of red apple trees. So I should have been clear that we're definitely not in a red apple orchard. We are in what appears to be like a Fuji apple. So the green and the red mixed. But I would say it does not lean more towards the red. They're leaning more towards the lighter green. But that's not what we're shown in the B-roll. But we get a flash of red apples and then a red apple herself walks into the scene. Mm. We see another teenager come in a, in a red dress. This is Nicole Walker. She is a high school hottie who is currently Ryan's girlfriend. You think when Brenda Strong had to read the line, she's the high school hottie dating Ryan that she thought, I went to drama school for this. I think Brenda was probably thinking, I wonder if I should say her age and people want to know what it is because I sure did. I would like <laughs> to know if she's still in high school or not. She is the high school hottie. She's still in high school. That's that's in high school? Yeah, that's what high school hottie means. Unless it was high school sweetheart, then that could mean they used to date when they're in high school and they're still dating. I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to mean. I think they misused the word because she's not in school during this. She can't be. Maybe it was summer. No, it was fall. Apple picking. Go to class. Nicole, what are you doing? Yeah, I think she maybe just graduated from high school. And what she meant to say is the recent grad high school hottie. But it doesn't roll off your tongue as much as high school hottie. It doesn't. It's a little clunky. So I, I understand. But this comes becomes important because of a series of events that happens. Anyways, Nicole Walker is Ryan's girlfriend and lives with the family? Question mark? She lives there. Mm, no. Okay. I thought she lived there. I couldn't figure it out. You're sure? It's a little complicated. It's a complicated. She's complicated. Also, we're told she's a little much in no uncertain terms. She's a lot to handle. I felt that deeply. Myself and Lindsay from last week's Dateline felt that very deeply. They don't say that specifically. They just, well, basically the daughter says exactly that she is rude and trashy. Yeah. So I was trying to be nice by saying she was a little much and not say rude and trashy. To be clear, Katie's talking about the other daughter that's being randomly interviewed. I am. I will say Sarah when I'm talking about Sarah, who is Teresa and Brian's daughter. When I say Brian's daughter, I'm talking about the interview we're having with Brian's daughter from his first marriage. Okay. Sorry. I'll try to be very clear about that. So she's just basically trouble when she walked in. <laughs> she's very opinionated and tells everybody. You quoted Taylor Swift. So proud of you. Exactly what she thinks. And so after her entrance, and she sort of has a back and forth exchange with Sarah about the bird eggs and that, no, you can touch a bird eggs. It's a myth that if you touch them, the mom won't come back. I actually don't know if that's true or not. I thought that was real. Yeah, I don't know. That if you touch them, if you get your scent on them, the mom won't come. Oh, I did not know that. 
I've heard that about all sorts of things. Kittens, all sorts of stuff. Oh, hmm. I've never heard that. Yeah, I don't know if that's real or not. But anyways, at this point, it's very exciting because we get our first creature of the episode. Besides, which I would think would be the beetle again. It's not. It's what appears to be a worm going into an apple. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, was it a worm? Yeah. Had to be, right? Okay. I thought it had legs, but I only think that because of something we see shortly. Yeah, it should be a worm. It better be a worm. The insect for this episode should be a worm. 100% or a group of worms, a family of worms. A cluster of worm must die. Worm I. You know the worms, whatever that movie is with all the worms that take over, that was the first horror movie I ever saw. And have you seen it? No. I haven't rewatched it, but at one point I remember people are swallowed because the worms are filling the house. <gasps> it's very scary. I think it's called The Worms. It's just scary in my head. It's probably not that scary in real life. That sounds like Joe's apartment. Starring Jerry O'Connell, who's following us on Instagram. What's up, Jerry? Who's our new best friend? Who's our new best friend? Yeah. Hi, Jerry. If you're listening. Jerry, can you do a show on ID Network? Thanks. Okay, thanks. 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 So, but now we're leaving. Just remember there was a worm in the apple. We're going to the family gathering scene that always happens at the beginning. So we're at the house. In the backyard, there's red check tablecloths, and we are told that this is an apple cider assembly operation, because that's why they're picking apples, so the mom, Teresa, can make her famous apple cider. There's a big, like, crank machine in a barrel, and it seems like a lot of hard work. Fancy. Oh, yeah. It's hard work, but I was impressed they own their own machine. Yeah, me too. Does she sell this stuff, or just, just a hobby? You have a crank machine for a hobby? I got to be honest. No, if you're selling it, you're definitely not using the crank machine. That's like using the Snoopy snow cone maker yeah, where like you true. think a child can use it. No child. No, it's so hard. It's so hard. You need all your arm muscles. You need a parent to come in. A parent. A parent's coming. And even if I'm the parent, I can't do it. So don't ask me. No, another parent. And yeah, a strong parent with upper arm strength. So this big crank machine is in a barrel, and the whole family's there, including Nicole. And we are told that Nicole has been dating Ryan for quite a while, but it's driving a wedge between Ryan and his dad, Brian. Brian takes a bite of an—or no, he cuts a bite of an apple at this point and spits it out and says, Oh, it's gross, and throws the apple in the yard. To which point we get a shot of the apple that's covered in worms. And I'm like, okay, our animal's a worm. So the bug at the, the beetle at the beginning is a red herring. That's just something because it's episode one that they're putting that beetle imagery underneath all that title sequence now. That was my thought. Right. So you were hopeful they were still going to be consistent with their creature this week. And that it would make sense. No. Also, that apple, totally normal looking. He cuts part of it with the knife. Totally normal. Eats it completely. Not a bruise on that apple. Perfectly looking apple. He cuts it open. Nothing's on the inside, but apple it looks great. He takes a bite, uh, throws it. It's suddenly covered with worms exploding from the inside of it. Like you wouldn't have been able to take a slice of the apple because you would have cut into many worms. There would be worm guts all over your hands and your knife. And you would have felt the apple and felt that it was smushy, which is 
apples feel weird when they're infested with big worms? Infested. It's like alien movie and Jamie Lee Curtis is there and then like the worms are coming out of its guts like somebody's stomach. Sigourney Weaver was there. Jamie Lee Curtis was not. She was getting killed by Mike Myers. She was falling out of a helicopter with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, she she was dancing. She was busy at that time. It's an interesting choice. So his reaction should have been way bigger. Like, I bit into a worm uh, when you scratch your tongue. All of this apple cider is tainted. This whole harvest. Right. These apples may or may not have worms. Worms in them. Everybody put my children that I love. Put down your apples. You're about to eat worms. Nothing. How much apple cider and apple juice do you think has worm parts in it? Like realistically? Yeah, probably a lot. I don't know. Well, I don't drink apple cider, so I'm okay. Probably what we taste in apple juice or apple cider is like, that's not actually what an apple tastes like. It's like a little wormy. 2% worms. Interesting. Well, it's a, it, it is the season. And that's the FDA allowable amount of worms. There's a percentage. I am sorry to ruin everyone's thanksgiving but we are in the season of ciders and i just maybe put more alcohol in it if you drink alcoholic cider yeah. there's your that kills all the worms i wish i had a reserve bar ad right now that'd be seamless okay but here's the problem that i'm mostly having with this scene so ryan and nicole leave the assembly line to be alone they stop working with the crank thing because it does look very difficult and i don't blame them i'd want to get out of there too and Brenda tells us that them leaving leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You've got to be kidding me. We just literally three beats before had a moment where the dad takes the bite of a wormy <laughs> apple, throws it in the yard. Why aren't we saying that then? That didn't put a bad taste in everyone's mouth. Are they so used to the worms? They were fine. Why would that not go right then? It would have been fine inserted right there. This family is fine with worms, but they frown on teenage public displays of affection. Possible teenage. Yeah. We don't know how old they are. I must, I'm hoping that they're 19, but that's still teen. Okay. So regardless, the two lovebirds, son Ryan and Nicole take off and they, and then all of a sudden we see a shot of like apples with a knife stuck in it. So... That's what we're getting for the bad taste in everyone's mouth instead of the wormy apple, which we should have seen. Whatever. Now Ryan and Nicole are getting cuddly in the garage. They are over by the oily slash bloody car that they were working on earlier. And we think it's going to be, I was like, oh, no, we're going to have a makeout scene, which all those come later. So I was spared momentarily. There are a lot later. There are. But we find out actually worse information right now. So... What Ryan wants to do with this new car that they're fixing up is he wants to take it and start a new life away from his family. And he wants to take Nicole with him and he wants to get married, have a family, do the whole thing. But unfortunately, we find out right now Ryan is called away really quick. And so Nicole's around the car and she goes and sits in the driver's seat. And we find out that there are serious allegations of abuse in Ryan and Nicole's relationship. Ryan towards Nicole, which is absolutely not okay the daughter describes him as like one of those guys that has to hit something and i'm like that's never a way no one should be described no no don't say that's one of those guys 
Don't say that. You know, one of those guys that's horribly abusive. Oh, one of those guys. Okay, sure. Oh, yeah. Just a total a-hole. Great. Got it. I clicked that on my dating profile. I'm looking for one of those guys. Nailed it. Really strange. And I really wish that Brenda Strong would have said at this point, not really the apple of anyone's eye. That would have been great. Mm -hmm. Why didn't she do that? Mm -hmm. Or shouldn't have been the apple of of Nicole or anyone's eye. But no, what you're going to get into is he's the apple of his father's eye. No, he's not. Because the dad, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. That's the one you're trying to say. The apple didn't. Okay. And we learned that in like two seconds. All right. But do they say that? Or did I get come up with that? No, they don't. You came up with it. Man, we just gave them two genius ones. Apple of eye falling, apple falling from the tree. She says something else. Oh, actually, I'm so sorry. I think she did say that. I'm so sorry. Oh, darn it. Darn it. Bummer. Okay. You still, I forgot though, and I thought you came up with it. I wish, I'm sorry. Yeah. So Nicole, but the one thing I want to mention really quick before we go to the next scene is Nicole does pick up the car keys at this point. And I was getting a little frustrated because she holds something up and I'm like, that better not be a bug in resin on a keychain. So it's a beetle. It's a beetle. In resin. We've seen them before in Blood Relatives. It's a beetle in resin on a keychain. A beetle, though. Let me be clear. It's definitely not a worm. No, it's another beetle. It's like a roach. It could have been a worm, Kimberly, because have you seen those suckers with the worms inside? Yes. Okay. So we find out right now that indeed the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Brian, dad Brian is not exactly a shining example to son Ryan. The mom spills a little bit of the freshly churned cider on the ground and the dad Brian shouts at her. And we are told that this is a regular occurrence. And he often yells at his wife. And while none of our interviewees can confirm that there was physical abuse 100%, they said there is definitely verbal abuse, which can tend to lead to that as well. And they would be surprised if there wasn't, but they don't have confirmation on it. But the worst part about all of this is that Sarah, daughter, the daughter Sarah has witnessed all of it. And we knew that from the beginning, from our opening shot when she's summoning the ballerina demon. So we know that she hears it. Mm-hmm. Now we go to our first commercial and we get a close up. I thought it was a worm at first. And then I'm struck in the face with the fact that this is insect number three. This is a rounded centipede or millipede. It's a millipede, I'm guessing, like a blonde colored millipede crawling on an apple. Right. It's not the centipede with the red legs that we saw in a previous episode. It's domed like a roly-poly bug. So I think millipedes are domed like that. And then also it's way bigger than a worm. It's large. I would not want one near me. Fortunately, this house is built on some sort of insect graveyard where all of the different insects have risen from the dead and have come to play. And Blood Relatives has decided to open season five with a bang. And put them all in. And give us... Not a creature of the week and not really a color so far that I can determine that's the overarching color. What they've decided to do is use insects as a whole, like just multiple insects, which I think have relationships to the specific characters and then colors for specific characters. Yes. And there's more to the colors. 
but there's a reason for it. If this is your first time with us on a Blood Relatives episode, first of all, please don't make this your first one. Go back because <laughs> you won't understand. You won't have made it this far. It's okay. But the colors, normally we have one, two, three, but usually one, maybe two color of the episode. And then we have a creature that is repeated. It can be different colors, but it's the same kind of creature. Never do we have something like this. This all over the place. So what I was really curious about as we go to commercial is how freshly made cider would taste. How wormy or delicious. I would really like to try some, but I really just like fresh food in general. Is there another way I can try to get freshly prepared meals with ease that are not mealy? Meals that aren't mealy. Meals that aren't mealy. I know a perfect place, especially if all of your apples are rotten, your cupboards are bare. Yeah. All of your eggs have been stolen from your nest from with the bratty teenager. Hello, fresh. Hello, fresh. Don't waste your time and money grocery shopping and meal planning this fall. Focus on what matters. Being with your loving family that definitely doesn't want to kill you. HelloFresh has a family-friendly menu perfect for drama-free dinners during the busy holiday season that's coming up very soon. They have hearty foods perfect for the cold weather. You know, like it gets cold and you want something really hot and hearty. I do. Yes, ma'am. Like vegetarian risotto, which I made. I made risotto. Let me just say that one more time. I made risotto. I didn't mess up the risotto. How is that possible? What is life? Who is Kimber? Thank you. Hello, fresh. It's hard. Also, risotto is one of my favorite things. I love risotto. Delicious. I'm also going to tackle the crispy Cajun kidney bean sandwiches, which are basically like veggie Ooh. burgers. I'm going to make them at home. It's going to be amazing. It's a veggie burger. I'm making my own veggie burger. And for non-vegetarians, they have garlic, herb, butter, shrimp, and lobster. Oh, stop. Yeah. Stop it. They do that whole thing. They do it all. They have so much more. They have 50 menu and market items to choose from every week. Calorie smart options, extra gourmet for the fancy schmancy foodies out there. Like my brother who looks down on me for my normally pedestrian taste in food. Matt. But no longer with HelloFresh. Did I mention that HelloFresh is over 30% cheaper than shopping at grocery stores? And you don't have all that food waste because if the recipe calls for seven cherry tomatoes, they're giving you seven cherry tomatoes. I love the efficiency and I love HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline14 and use code Dateline14 for up to 14 free meals, including free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline14 and use code Dateline14 for up to 14 free meals meals that is a lot of meals that is more than 13 that is 14 hello fresh ring ring america's number <laughs> hello hello fresh america's number one meal kit oh click is it you oh you just you knew who it was <laughs> they hung up on me order now <laughs> click <laughs> pick up the phone for hello fresh you won't regret it they're amazing <laughs> thank you hello fresh thank you hello fresh have you heard the term an apple a day keeps the doctor away. Uh, have I? Yeah. I invented it. <laughs> You're the one. So here's the deal. What if you really need a doctor, a very specific doctor, a skin doctor, not to be confused with the spin doctors who were <laughs> a band that were popular in the 90s. Oh, if you want to call me, baby, just <laughs> go ahead now. If you, in case you just needed your memory jog. 
No, I am talking about apostrophe. We have all had struggles with our skin, and that's why we are really excited to be talking about Apostrophe today. Apostrophe is a skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, snap a few selfies, and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats acne, but they can also help you with your other skincare goals, like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. How dare you? We all have them. They're super fun, but good news, Apostrophe is here to help. I tried apostrophe because I was struggling with adult onset cystic acne, which sounds terrifying and is terrifying, just like a ballerina twirling (laughs) in a child's music box. It's even scarier because cystic acne really hurts. And I have loved my experience with apostrophe. They've helped not only clear my skin with an oral medication, but prescribe me a topical medication to help improve my skin texture that was damaged from my acne. It's really nice to know that I had a real dermatologist on the other end of my phone. It was so fast and I didn't have to sit in a waiting room or call and try to schedule appointments six months out. You can do it right now. It's incredible. And we have a special deal for our audience. You can save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash date dateline. All you have to do is use our code date dateline when you sign up. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash date dateline, click begin visit, use our code date dateline at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Woo, that's amazing. So good. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E.com slash date dateline, and be sure to use our code date dateline to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for only $5. Thank you so much, Apostrophe, for putting a period at the end of my acne woes. Thank you, Apostrophe. Thank you, Apostrophe. So when we come back from commercial, we hear Father Brian and Mother Teresa in an argument. Another one. Dad Brian goes out to the garage to pull a wrench out of a pile of blood slash oil, and he starts tinkering on something. I don't know. Teresa comes and says, come back into bed, come back. You know, you can't be out here. It's too late. He says no. And he's going to stay there and tinker. And she walks off. We're basically just trying to get the overall view that they have a very tumultuous marriage. And at this point, we see the stupid beetle is back again. And he is scampering across an oil spill. We've got three creatures. Let's just That's it. We're done. So we are told that son Ryan and sister Sarah had a pretty unhappy home life. We gathered. It's not hard to see that. And Teresa and Sarah are no longer comfortable in the house. So one Friday night, they head out together to blow off some steam. We hear a classic rock-like riff start happening, and suddenly we're in a bar. But hold on. Sarah's 16. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't really understand that part. So... I have some questions. It's fine. I guess if she doesn't drink, it's okay to go in a bar where alcohol is served in Nebraska. That can't be right. But who should come in the bar that night but Dad Brian? He walks in with a 
girl, and I'm going to say girl because the girl he's with looks about Sarah's age. And I'm not sure if that was on purpose or what we're supposed to think, but the actress playing her looks straight up 18. Definitely not the mom's age. Also, the dad is not that hot. He's fine. He just like has ladies draped over him. Yeah, he does. I don't know. He seems sort of like the toast of the town. He's also a gross abuser. So yeah, so it's kind of there's that too. There's that. There's that. So Teresa straight up confronts him in the bar and there's a big scene. He tells her that it's somebody he works with. She goes, oh, you you go to work dressed like that. I didn't really notice that she was dressed any particular way. The bigger thing is that that mom actually has dialogue. She did. They have quite a bit of dialogue in this. Oh, I guess we had the dialogue with the eggs at the yes. apple picking. The rest is Brenda Strong. So the dialogue gets more and more intense as Blood Relatives goes on because I watched several season six, which is the final season mm-hmm. yesterday. And there's an unbelievable amount of dialogue in season six. They can afford to pay actors and get them their SAG cards. We haven't done a season six in a minute. Yeah. So we've been doing the earlier seasons. Yeah. When they couldn't afford it, the actors just have to mouth things and Brenda Strong pretends like she knows what they're saying. Exactly. 90% of the time that's the case. Not now. No, not even 90. So there's a big scene. It's a pretty bad fight in public. And we learned that, of course, Teresa is pretty fed up. So son Ryan hears about the affair the next day and is furious with his dad. He goes out to the garage and starts to mess with his dad's beloved Harley. And we're told by Brian's daughter from another marriage that he would say to her, I love this Harley more than you. Wow. That's a great dad. So I don't know. Dads sometimes like to joke, but that one would get old. Didn't sound like a joke, though. Yeah, it would get old. So the dad sees Ryan messing with his Harley runs out they are starting to get in a fight and brenda tells us that they were almost about to come to blows and Teresa comes out and interrupts their big fight she's fed up with the whole situation the two guys leave the garage and she goes over and touches the wrench now this wrench keeps getting flashed to us we've seen it multiple times now so we know the wrench is gonna play a part i'm pretty sure at this point that it's the murder weapon the only thing I could think of when I kept seeing that large wrench was Clue. Uh-huh. That's my whole association to auto repair is the movie Clue. I just don't know if we need to see it more than once. And now the mom just goes and touches it. She just t- like fingers the wrench. Gross. It's not right. Yeah. So Ryan has left the garage, but he doesn't just leave the garage. At this point, he leaves the state. He goes completely to another state. He decides to move in near some relatives in Mississippi and he strips down to his boxer briefs (laughs) to unpack his suitcases, which is fascinating, but also very classic blood relatives. Classic teen boy in boxer briefs, just wandering around. Possible teen in his underwear, but he's not alone. All of a sudden, girlfriend Nicole comes from around the corner and she has moved there with him and she has a surprise for him. That Brenda says, Nicole's going to show Ryan how permanent she wants their love to be. And at this point, she reveals on her chest a tiny tattoo that is a heart with a dagger in it or two hearts with a dagger in it. Tiny? Yeah, it's a tiny. I mean, it's not massive. It's not covering her. It's not the size of her heart. I would say it's about 
<laughs> two and a half inches. It's not that big. Eh, okay. So it's a it's the size of a stick on tattoo that you would buy in a machine, which is exactly what this tattoo was. It is a stick on tattoo that you would buy in a machine. It is. So that's the appropriate size because <laughs> that's what fits in a machine. I'm not saying blood relatives should have had to have their actress tattoo herself for a part on an ID network show, although that would have shown real dedication. But it is comically fake looking, the tattoo. It's like shiny and peeling. Well, the problem is you would airbrush it. Why would you do a stick on? I mean, it would stay longer if you... It's ID. Yeah, I guess. But it also has a ribbon around the hearts and dagger, and she's showing him that there's a spot for a name on it, but there's no name yet, which does make sense, because if it's a color tattoo, you, I guess, would do it in segments, let parts heal, go back and do the other part. I'm not necessarily sure that's the case, but I feel like... I don't think... Maybe. It sort of seemed like she was testing him, like, I'm going to put your name, right? Don't you want me to put your name? Like, once you just get your boyfriend's name, they would start with the name maybe and then work their way out with the tattoo. Don't put people's name on your body. Don't do it. It's kind of the kiss of death sometimes. Yeah, no, you're so right. That's a good point. I've seen it. Also, don't leave it blank. Like, I'm, I could put your name on it. You're a good boyfriend to me. Yeah, kind of. It does seem that way. Or she ran out of money. Tattoos are expensive. <laughs> the lettering was like you pay per letter. I don't know. He has four letters in his name. I know. I feel like they would. Oh, I know. Maybe just, maybe just initials. Okay. She's like paying with pennies. Yeah. Yeah. She's got the change at the coin star. It happens. <laughs> also, it's at this point that I noticed she's wearing a necklace of an apple tree. And I didn't see it before, but it's kind of a big necklace and it has one red apple. It has a red apple on it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I missed that. So they start making out and the camera moves over to a suitcase, which it really focuses on. And I'm trying to figure out what's in the suitcase that I need to see. But really, it's just filled with red underwear. I don't. OK. Yeah, I was looking too. I could not tell. I thought that's just a, like a bra. I thought a bug was going to crawl out of it. No bugs. So did I or a centipede. Or a millipede, or maybe there would be a knife in it. I couldn't, I didn't know where we were going at this point, so I was unsure. But something more confusing happens next, which Ryan in Mississippi is driving along in his Jeep, and all of a sudden, someone shoots at him. I'm so surprised. Why is someone shooting at him? I was too. I have no idea what's happening. There's a shot, and he like, oh no, and pulls over to the side of the road, gets out of his car, and is like looking around, and then in the road, we see, unfortunately, a giant millipede again. So back to the millipede. But we don't know what happens. All we know is that he goes back and tells Nicole, there was a millipede in the road and someone shot at me. <laughs> and Nicole decides, well, that's enough for me. And packs up her bags and moves back to Nebraska. I know I got this giant tattoo on my boob. But I'm really glad I left the name part blank because that is too much for me. The tattoo, that was my level of commitment. And dealing with you getting shot at is not my level of commitment right now. Yeah, I'm done with this. Stop bringing bugs into my house. I don't know what's happening. It's, but the point is she packs up her stuff and goes home. Don't know why. 
So we're back in Elkhorn, Nebraska now, and there is a scary discovery in a field. A bunch of apples with worms in them. No, (laughs) that's there too. But there's a car parked in the middle of a field with blood dripping from the trunk. And it's blood this time. It's not motor oil. (laughs) Not oil. The cops are called and one cop gets a line, which is very exciting. He gets the license plate. He says, we've got license plate one, tree, seven, niner, apple. (laughs) He's doing the cop talk for the letters. It was so great. Did he say apple? He didn't, but he should have. I put apple in there, but he does say niner. Okay. (laughs) I heard niner. And he does say tree. But why not say apple if you have an A? He does say tree. He says tree. He should have said apple. I'm annoyed. I know. Brenda says something is happening that's going to shake the family down to its roots when we see the trees. Oh, there you go. But I felt like she could have said shaken the family to its core. Or shaken the family tree. We could. I mean, there's 45 things we could have done here. Yeah. But down to the roots is good. Maybe she's trying to save that one. Also, the millipede has traveled from Mississippi back to Nebraska and is crawling on the dash of the car. Good job, little guy. Yeah, he made it. You're a traveler. And in the trunk of the car, the police find a deceased white male who has a horrible wound to his mouth. And also, there's a beetle in the trunk on his back with his legs a-kicking in the air. (laughs) So we're getting all the animals. Because our next shot is the beetle in resin Hanging from the keychain. I hate this show. <laughs> I hate it. I'm done. We get all, like, all these creatures. I mean, where's the worm? We might as well have a worm crawl out at this point. No worm. Okay. No worm. And then a moth lands. They didn't know they were going to focus that heavily on the apple thing until halfway through shooting. And then they retconned it in. Don't make excuses for them. Don't do it. No. Okay. You're being very kind, but we know that this, they, it's too, they did too much. They couldn't pull back. I know. It's like that with jewelry and you're supposed to spin around and then take away one thing. That's what Coco Chanel said. You know, like with your outfit. Yeah. She says, take one thing off. Look in <laughs> yeah. the mirror and take one thing off before you leave. This show is like spin around, take away one creature. <laughs> this show is like turn around, add, bring me more. I want more symbols, more color. So the man in the car, of course, is Brian Carson. Brian with a B. It's the dad. The dad is in the trunk of the car. Also, there are six apples around the car. Don't know if it means something. Because it's apples. The apples mean everything. Just does it. So the car is found out in a field. Back in town, Teresa and Sarah return home to a frightening scene. It looks like the house has been burglarized and ransacked and... There's a millipede in the middle of the table on an apple, so that's not great. That was the most concerning. That's there, too. But those apples looked way too green on the table, did they not? They were like alphaba from Wicked Color apples. Spray paint. They were like green peppers. So if you get the spray paint that is called green apple and use it, it's not actually the color of green apples, which are a lot more yellow. I'm just going to say that. Okay, just a note for life. Okay, (laughs) the cops are called to the house because Teresa calls 911 because she thinks there's been a burglary. 
She says that there's missing items. They come in and they start to look around. But while there are things missing, there's one thing that's been added and it's a jacket that's laying on the couch. And Teresa says it doesn't belong to her. It doesn't belong to anybody that lives in the house. The cops also have to tell Teresa at this point, hey, also, your husband is dead. We found him in a car in a field, and she has absolutely no reaction when the cops tell her. So that's a hard thing to tell. I couldn't tell if it was because she was guilty and had done something or Mm -hmm. because he's an abusive husband. Yeah. Right? Right. Good point. We don't know at this point. So she's, but she has no reaction. And the detectives are scoping the scene out and they're not seeing really anything associated with a burglary. There's no forced entry. Unfortunately, there is some incredibly suspicious activity happening in the basement. Stuff that has gone on down there. There's a huge five by eight section of carpet that has been cut away. And then there's also a steam cleaner that's out. And then there's also (laughs) dried drops of blood. Is it oil? Is it blood? We don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's blood relatives. But a piece of missing carpet is never a good sign. It's not great. Steam cleaner's bad, too. I feel like steam cleaner's not good. In a basement. Was it cleaned out? Or was there still, like, the juice in it? Okay. (laughs) I don't know. The juice? Gross. Teresa and Sarah are taken to the police station for questioning. And... It has been determined also that Brian was killed less than 24 hours ago. So this is all happening. Boom, boom, boom. But Teresa says she has an alibi for the last 24 hours. She wasn't even at home last night. She was almost 100 miles away at her stepfather's house spending the night. And Sarah just, that was cool. I don't know. Maybe. She's 16. We just leave your daughter. Don't take her with you. Yeah, it's weird. Does that seem weird? She had school. Never seen her go to school. We've never seen anyone go to school, so it's very confusing because every time we see Sarah is what we see right now. The police start to interview Sarah, and she shifts their suspicion away from her mother to her brother, Ryan. And we get a flashback of her in her bedroom, her yellow bedroom, listening at the door and hearing her brother and her father fighting. So she goes, sits at her vanity table, and summons the jewelry box ballerina demon. What is your bidding? Sarah. Sarah. Okay, that's really scary, actually. I'm here to help you. I've been working on my smog, the dragon voice. It's going really well. I saw Benedict Cumberbatch do it, and I was like, I can do that. I'm working on it. I'll perfect it and let you guys know when it's ready. So, Sarah tells the police she hasn't seen Ryan in months, and he is supposedly at this point 750 miles away in Mississippi. But no, he isn't. Nope. The detectives contact the relatives that he was living near in Mississippi. It's confusing. Just say he was living with them. It's too confusing to say he was living near them. But the relative said that he actually came back to Nebraska like 48 hours ago. 24 hours before Brian's murder. Mm-hmm. It's not great. So now we get a really sad props moment. And I may have to cut it because of sadness. But we get a close-up of this a couple times. It's an apple hanging from a tree, except the apple is not hanging from the tree. There's very clearly a piece of green flower wire that's in the apple. That's It's like looped on a tree like an ornament. <laughs> oh, 
That's sad. It's sad because you know they wanted a really good apple and they just couldn't get the right apple for the tree, so they made it seem. But the stem is like a good inch away from the branch of the tree. Oh. It's sad, right? They did their best. They did. Good job, props. You're doing the best you can. I'm glad you got green wire. That was good. Yeah. Okay. So the police tracked down girlfriend Nicole or ex-girlfriend at this point. Unknown. We don't know their relationship status. They track her down. She's living in a new apartment with a new roommate. (laughs) They really stretch out this next part. I'm going to make it real fast. Nicole and her new roommate do not come to the door immediately. So the police threatened a force entry. And so they come out. That was it. Yeah. That's basically what happens. But they stretch this over like four minutes. Like two commercial breaks. Literally. We don't care. Nicole comes out and so does her new roommate, Jeffrey Hill, who you know is going to be important because we're told his first and last name. And a third person comes out. Guess what? It's Ryan Carson. Brother Ryan. And what color is he wearing? White. Is he not wearing white? I have no idea. I thought he was in a tank top. Maybe he's in a tank top. Maybe the roommate's wearing that. There's a couple scenes in a row where he's wearing this like light, lighter green, sea foamy green. And that's when I finally got the color palette choice. Well, he's got to be green because he's in green most of the time, right? Yes. But the reason for the color palette choice. Are you going to reveal it now? I thought I was. Reveal. If it's time, reveal. The mom's always in red. Red apple. The daughter's always in yellow and the son's always in green. You got it. What does it mean? Apples. What's a yellow apple? The yellow apple. Those golden apples. It doesn't mean anything. Huh. You'd call those yellow, huh? Yeah. There's yellow apples, there's green apples, and there's red apples. I didn't know that. I only thought there were red and green apples. No, there's those yellow apples. I thought that was just like a shade of green. There we go. I learn something new every day. I would call them yellow, but I might be wrong. But I would call them yellow. I don't know if I've ever had a yellow apple. You have a picture of a golden apple? Golden Delicious, Jana Gold, Newtown Pippin, Blondie. Blondie. Criterion. There are a whole bunch of names. But how fun is Newtown Pippin of a name? Newtown Pippin is, yeah, also could be a bar. That's my new stage name. Please welcome to the stage, Newtown Pippin. Newtown Pippin. (laughs) So all three of them are rounded up. They got to go downtown. They got to have interviews. So during Ryan's first police interview, he says that he just came back to town to swap out his Jeep because his Jeep was attracting too much attention in Mississippi. It was too high profile. (laughs) And he clearly has a stalker who's trying to harm him. Yeah, that's true. Because he was shot at and it was because of the Jeep who's trying to switch it for a lower-profile car. They're making it seem like the family has a lot of cars. I'm pretty sure that's incorrect, but yeah, it's cool. So he was going to switch cars, actually, that morning that the police came to the apartment and picked up him and Nicole and the roommate. The detectives start swinging the bug keychain at this point in the interview, and Brian de- and Ryan, sorry, Ryan decides that's too much. He needs a lawyer. The bug keychain spooked him. That's it. (laughs) So he lawyers up and he doesn't talk anymore. Now it's Nicole's turn. Nicole gets asked about the stalker and about the shooting. And the police, she's asked about the stalker in her police interview. And she says she knows nothing about that. She came home because she was homesick. Had nothing to do with the Jeep getting shot at or anything to do with Ryan having someone trying to hurt him. 
the most important information, though, comes from not the fact that she kind of throws Ryan under the bus, but the police spot her tattoo. And this is maybe my favorite part of the episode and why I decided to do this episode, even though it had (laughs) some interesting elements. They say, hey, that's a cool tattoo. What is that? And instead of going, no, nothing, it's fine. She shows the tattoo and it is definitely peeling at this point. She's had it on for a good 24 hours. (laughs) It's peeling. It's peeling. And the name, and there's a name written on it. There's a name, and I say written, I'm going to say written very specifically, because it's written... It's like in pen! In a sharpie, <laughs> in a font that tattoo artists probably don't do. No, never. And so it's not cursive. It's not Old English. Like a fourth grade boy handwriting. It's like Kimberly handwriting. It's like my handwriting. Yeah, 100%. But the shock of this is that the tattoo says, Brian. Yes, you heard that right, folks. Reminder, Brian is the dad. Ryan is the ex-boyfriend and son. Oh, my Lord. Did you lose your mind at this point? Well, what's funny is there was a scene at the very beginning where she is walking through the orchard field with this huge sack that's like the length of her whole dress. Like, I don't know if it's for apple picking or what. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. But then later in a later scene, the dad has it. And I oh. thought to myself, are they trying to imply that they're hooking up? Like, I thought that to myself. And then they were actually hooking up. When did the dad have the sack? That's interesting. When they're doing the, the apple making the cider party. The dad was holding it? He has it over his shoulder in a really quick scene. So maybe it was an apple picking bag and they just like were transferring it around. It's for, it's got apples in it. But the problem is it's like they stuffed it with cotton. So it didn't look like there were apples in the bag. No, no apples. Yeah. She doesn't have a basket. She has like a rucksack. OK, she's like it's like an army bag. Also, she th- seems to think it was dumb. So I don't know why she's carrying that bag. Yeah, it's very strange. So the tattoo says Brian. She had come back from Nebraska and apparently gotten into a relationship with the dad. And we see them eating apples in bed together with their underwear on and some other stuff, which I won't mention because it creeped me out because I don't know how old she is. So I really don't like it. And I don't want to think about it. They call her a teen at this point. They do call her a teen. They do. So I'm hoping she's 19, but it's still not okay. But of course, this relationship can't stay a secret because they can't close the blinds. And we see Sister Sarah in yellow standing outside the window, seeing the whole sordid thing. And of course, Sarah tells the mom, Teresa. And Ryan, you think, would find out from his mom or his sister, but no, ma'am. He apparently came back from Mississippi at some point, tried to sort of rekindle his relationship with Nicole, and sees the tattoo that says his dad's name. And instead of her saying, that's for my brother who died, I never told you about him, which is the only possible answer. Even though we've been dating for years. Yeah. To make that go away. She says nothing, and he stomps out of the room in his underwear. Wouldn't you put a Band-Aid over it or something? Wouldn't you put, like, oh, no, it's healing. It got infected. I'd ma- I mean, it says his dad's name. Yeah, I don't know. 
Also, there's probably a lot of Brian, so you could have maybe just said it with some... I don't know. It's weird. But then, I mean, he'd still be mad, but he would be less mad than if it was his dad. Say it's Brian Austin Green, and you loved him in 90210. Yeah, there you go. And I don't know why he... Or just, like, write a little N-E on the end, so it's Brianne. And then you're like, <laughs> no, it's for my great-grandmother. Just make something up, girl. She's a bad liar. Also, him stomping around in the tidy whities is unacceptable. I don't like it. Also, did you notice that he and the dad have the same tidy whities I really don't. I don't like any of it. They're both these gray tidy whities No, 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 no. In this scene, he's in white. In the another scene, they show him in gray and the dad in gray. But in this scene, he's in white, which makes it worse because it's like almost <laughs> too noticeable. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's unpleasant. Okay. Basically, everyone in the family has a motive. This is not good. So they need the cops need somebody in the family to break. And so they go after the one person that is the most easy to break, which is, of course, the daughter, Sarah, not knowing that she may or may not be possessed by a ballerina demon. But that's fine. Break Sarah. Unfortunately, Sarah is 16. And at this point, a representative is called in to sit with Sarah for these interviews because she's a minor. Wait, no? (laughs) No, that does not happen. Cool. So she's 16 and Brendan Dassey, I mean, Sarah is being interviewed alone (laughs) by the police officers and the detectives decide to put the pressure on because she specifically said in her first interview that she had not seen her brother in months, that they know that isn't true. And Sarah indeed comes out with it. Dun, dun, dun. The night before the murder. Ryan and two of his friends slash cousins had come from Mississippi into Nebraska. Ryan King, another Ryan, just ignore that, and Colton Noviscone. And I only (laughs) say those names because I wanted to say Colton Noviscone, which may or may not also be the name of the ballerina demon. Yeah. (laughs) Colton. It's a fake name. So Colton, Ryan, and Ryan go into the garage and we're told by Brenda that they prep the car as the getaway car. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Literally, he goes in and starts the car and somebody holds the wrench. And I was like, freaking wrench. (laughs) We're prepped. We're prepped. You're tightening the lugs on the tires. What are you doing? (laughs) What did you need to do to prep the car? I know there's some information. There's some holes of information here that are hard to get around this is the first one okay so he also ryan has enlisted sarah to help him sarah is supposed to call her dad at a certain time and get him to come to the house because the mom is away again does the dad not live at the house anymore why is the dad doesn't the dad live at the house no they were maybe on a break since they were at the bar since that whole bar thing happened? No, because Nicole's coming to the house and that's how Sarah saw him with Nicole. Oh, yeah. Very interesting. Does he work nights? Because it'd be great if they just told us he worked nights. Anyways, so Sarah's supposed to call him and say she needs something. She's scared of Ryan, so she is going to do it even though she is playing with the music box. She calls her dad 
He says she needs help with something. He comes around and knocks on the door. So he definitely isn't living there because he's knocking on the freaking door. Right, right. Good point. If it's your house, you're just coming in, but whatever. But Sarah can't open the door. She says she's freaking out and she can't do it. So eventually, I guess he just comes in. And right when he comes in, Ryan, the son, ambushes him and hits him. And all three guys start attacking him and punching him. It's very, very violent. If you're going to watch this episode, trigger warning for this end part for the murder, because it's ex- it's more violent than we normally see in Blood Relatives. It's not great. And poor Sarah has to hear it all from her bedroom, if it is Sarah at this point. We don't know. <laughs> and then not only that, she knocks over the nest. I don't think I had mentioned that she had brought the nest in from outside. That little bisque stole those eggs we see it at some point when do we see it sorry i didn't mention it there's some other point where it's just sitting on the the table next to the demon ballerina but like why did she steal those eggs and then left them in her room i demand eggs (laughs) sacrifice (laughs) a living soul oh my god a two-headed pesticide bird i demand yeah bring them to me yeah, Ugh. I did And then it. they're all bloody when they drop to the floor. Yeah, that was unpleasant. I did not like that at all. So props have to hang an apple, but they're good enough to add red food coloring to the eggs. Not interested. Anyway, Sarah's listening to this horrible attack from her room, and the boys at some point drag the dad, Brian, down to the basement. Hence why the murder scene was very clearly in the basement. But wait... Did you see what she picks out of that jewelry box? I, I didn't write it down. What was it? A lock of blonde hair. Yes, that was my reaction, too. Whose hair is that? What does that mean? Sacrifice. <laughs> she pulls out from the jewelry box a lock of hair that is not hers. I was kidding about my theory, but now I'm... That would make sense. I'm pretty sure that she's summoning demons in her room through that jewelry box. But what? whose hair is that seriously, though? We need to check for a, a missing child. And then she, like, plays with the hair, fingers the hair. Who's blonde? Who's blonde? No one is blonde in that house. Somebody was blonde. They're not with us anymore. <laughs> they were, uh... 1850s Victorian little girl. Who had a favorite jewelry box. Uh-huh. Okay. There's another mystery here. We'll get to that in a minute. Okay, let's solve this one first. The boys take the dad down to the basement where they attack him further with fireplace tool and what else? The wrench. There we go. They, that was, I was proud of them. They actually did a continuity thing and they brought it full circle. Oh, you were proud of Blood Relatives, yeah. Chekhov's wrench. That was, they did it. Guys, good job. Although no knife, right? And there were knives scattered all over the ground in the first half of the episode. Nary a knife. Sorry, I shouldn't have even brought it up. We see two knives. No, you really shouldn't have because I'd forgotten about it and I didn't write it down. So now I'm upset again. (laughs) But we also see, what do we see at this point? What's our Blood Relatives standard? What do we see? Do you remember? Something gets splattered with blood in the basement. Because <laughs> we can't have just like walls or normal no. things. It's got to be what? Dolls. Dolls. Creepy dolls. Creepy dolls. 
just out in the basement. It's not a very big basement, but they managed to have dolls out. Yeah, whose dolls were those? Were they symbolically supposed to be the dad's? Like, it's his blood getting spattered? The blonde child. The blonde Victorian girls dolls that were held in the basement. It's now in the belly of a demon or helping the demon resurrect itself. We don't know. We can't question these things. To be clear, these are all doll, like girl dolls. They None of them were the mustachioed doll. No, this was a redheaded doll and a bald doll, none of which are blonde, which would have <laughs> really helped knowing who the blonde lock belonged to. But unfortunately, we don't see a blonde doll. Right. Perfect. Yeah. <sighs> So Sarah's confession leads to Ryan also confessing. That's nice for the cops. Ryan revokes his right for an attorney and spills his guts. He describes them lifting the body into the trunk. He then drives the car out to the field. The cousins come pick him up. They dump the weapons in a river. The weapons are never found. And on their way back to the house, they pick up Nicole and new roommate Jeffrey to come help with the cleanup. See... Why why include more people? Why are they including more people in this? Really good question. Ryan, want, well, I know why he's involving Nicole, because he wants her to clean up the blood of her, quote, lover, which is really sadistic. Dead lover. It's so cruel. Yeah. Really messed up. Also, <laughs> that carpet steamer is not doing a very good job. And neither are those big sponges. Carpet steamer's not going to get out blood. I know. It's not advertised for that, guys. But they're dumb. Also, they are like scrubbing at the carpet with sponges. Like they actually think they're going to get up all that blood. Why didn't you line, put like trash bags on the floor or something? That would be prepping. They had a tarp for the trunk. Yeah, you were prepping the car. Why weren't you prepping the garage? No, the basement. The basement. They brought him down the stairs. There's got to be blood on the stairs, too. It's too much. Yeah. It's too mm -hmm. much. So they're all trying to clean. They cannot get the blood up. So they panic and they cut out the carpet and they leave the house. But before they do, one of the cousins leaves his jacket on the couch. Stupid Nascarpone or whatever your last name was. Mascarpone. And so the, no, I think it's Novocaine. Noscavane. <laughs> Noscavane. So the, the centipede or the millip is crawling on the apple. When they leave, because there's an apple on the floor where the jacket near the jacket, you know, it all full circle. So back at the station, the stupid beetle is back right after we see the millipede at the precinct. Yeah. And it's crawling on Ryan's photo file. And so what I'm guessing is that the beetle is Ryan. That puts a lot of thought into it. I don't know. And the millipede is the dad. Why wouldn't the dad be the worm? And the worm is the demons. <laughs> No, I think the worm would be her, Nicole, or is Nicole the apple? Nicole is the apple because she is the Adam and Eve with the apple. She's the seductress that tears the family apart. Family is the apple. She's wormed her way into the family. What about the apple in Snow White, the poisoned apple? That's a good theory. That's not bad. Also, there was a snake in the Garden of Eden and a snake is like a worm. Okay. Is that a reach? <laughs> um, yeah. This whole thing is a reach. The whole thing, the whole episode, and it gets worse. So Ryan also tells the cops that one person has been left out of Sister Sarah's confession, 
And that is, guess who? Mommy. The mom, Teresa, knew about the whole plan of the crime. She knew about all of it and leaves the house right before Brian arrives. She told all the cousins and Ryan, make sure to clean up. No, she said it like, make sure to clean up after yourselves, (laughs) dumb teenage boys. Yeah, clean up your murder. And so the next day. (laughs) And do your homework. She just comes home like nothing happened and calls 911 specifically to throw them off the scent. But why she wouldn't go into the basement and check it out and be like, oh, no, the police can't come here. This looks like a crime was committed. Like, (laughs) she doesn't. She just assumes that her son did a great job. He's a teenage boy. He's not going to. He doesn't know what's wrong with you. No, he can't pick up his socks up off the floor, let alone hoover the blood out of a carpet. Didn't you notice that there's a jacket on the chair? Do you think the police weren't going to be like, oh, this is the criminals, and then they go and find the cousin it belongs to, and then the cousin's like, oh, but we also done a murder. Okay, I can't. So the evidence is so overwhelming that all of the participants took plea deals. None of them even went to a jury trial. We'll talk about the mugshots in a second. Mike <laughs> Ryan gets 60 to 80 years. Teresa gets 18 to 20 years. I don't know about that. Colton and Ryan get over 40 years each. Sarah's case is handled in juvenile court, period, which means we don't get to know, and I'm furious. Oh, don't worry. That demon ballerina is going to wreak some justice of her own. My gosh, the scales of justice. Oh boy. Yeah. You better watch out. Demon Justice, which is a new show on TNT. It's called CSI Demon Justice. And so Nicole gets four to five years, and the roommate, we don't know, I guess gets zero years, but he was helping clean the blood. So I don't know how much Jeffrey Hill got, their new roommate. He picked the wrong roommate. Oh, for real. I don't think he was a roommate. Yeah, I put roommates in quotes there. Roommates, a strong word. So Brian's daughter from another marriage thinks that Nicole didn't get nearly enough time and that she should have gotten way, way more. That she, you know, split the family apart. And I was like, eh, I think there were a lot of problems. Yeah, but you can't, you don't go to jail for sleeping with your boyfriend and his dad. No. Also, what attracted you to the dad again? Unsure. We don't know. We don't get to see a picture of the dad. We get to see pictures of everyone else. Well, I'm more meant that he is abusive and horrible. And also, Ryan was fairly hot. He was a hot-looking teenage boy. Ryan was also abusive. Ryan was also abusive. Great point. Documented abuse. And it makes me sad for Nicole. Yeah, that's true. And I hope she has a chance. Yeah, she was probably put into it. Yeah. Get away from this family. No one in this family had a chance. But this story gets one more thing. We get one more delicious golden apple at the end. Would you like to tell our listeners what it is? Yes. It makes me sure. Nicole is preggers when she goes to prison. Preggers in prison. But we don't know who's who's baby. Could be Ryan. Could be Brian. Could be the roommate. We don't know. I need to know. That child hopefully wound up with someone else and got a better shot at life. Can DNA tell us if it's Brian or Ryan, or is it going to be the same because they're father and son? No, it's not the same. We need a paternity test on that baby. Because you only have half. Yeah, they could tell for sure. Or is it my baby? 
<laughs> Whose baby is it? Well, I don't know. It is sad that she had to go to prison pregnant. I pray for that child. This whole story is pretty crazy. It's insane. And I think that's probably a lot worse than what blood relatives showed it to be. It's rotten to the core. Ooh, yes. Yeah. They always do. They breeze over. That's why I love this show. They breeze over all the horrible stuff. They definitely do. And so Brenda takes us out with, it will be a long time before the residents of Elkhorn forget the Carson family, how they played off each other's hatred and jealousy to choose their own brand of final justice. Final countdown. Demon justice. No apple. No apple. No worm. No worm. No millipede. No cockroach or beetle. Just a front door that did not look like the front door of the house we were shown. (laughs) At all. And wasn't necessarily the color, any of the colors that we were introduced to. Could you think we could have had one shot of a thing of apples with red, yellow, and green to then solidify that those are our colors because they're apples? Also, his shirts are very seafoam, not even seafoam, like almost teal. They're not green apple color, but that's okay. His first shirt was Kelly green, like the color of a leprechaun, like St. Patrick's Day green. That's fine. Yeah, They did their best. They did their best. He's hanging from a wire. Just like we're doing ours. Yeah, that's true. And neither one of them is good enough, but we're trying. Oh, that's just so sad. Can we have something more uplifting? Kimberly, I think you're very special and you're the apple of my eye. Thank you. You're as sweet as apple pie. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. What's it called? The chirpapple? What's the thing? The chirpumple. Chirpumple. That's it. A chirpumple. A chirpumple. Yeah, we talk about him on our Great British Bake Off podcast. Which is called A Date with the Bake. So check that out if you guys haven't already. And thank you so much for sticking with us on Double Dates. And be your own ballerina demon. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Bye, everybody. Bye bye. Bye bye. Happy Halloween. Is that not good? Push your arrow. <laughs> she gave me pity. Try a high-pitched one. Happy Halloween! See, that sounds like a witch. That's good. That's good.